It's Friday, July 22nd, and this is Brian with The Morning News. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the headlines you need to know to be in the know. President Biden tested positive on Thursday for COVID-19 as new variants keep case numbers high after two and a half years of pandemic disruptions. The White House said Thursday the president, who is 79 years old, has mild symptoms and has begun taking the antiviral drug Paxlovid. He plans to isolate at the White House residence and continue to carry out his duties during that time. Dr. Kevin O'Connor, Mr. Biden's physician, wrote in a letter released by the White House that the president was experiencing a runny nose and fatigue with an occasional dry cough, which began Wednesday evening. The White House sought to show the president doing his job. In a video released by the White House, Mr. Biden appeared from the Truman balcony of the White House and confirmed that he had tested positive. I'm doing well, getting a lot of work done, he said. In other news, the Supreme Court denied an emergency request from the Biden administration to reinstate its immigration enforcement guidelines after a lower court in Texas temporarily blocked them. In a 5-4 decision with Justice Amy Coney Barrett joining Justices Sotomayor, Kagan, and Brown-Jackson in the minority, the court ruled that the administration cannot use the guidelines for now and agreed to hear a case on their legality in December. The guidelines, which were issued in September by the Department of Homeland Security, instructed officers with U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement to place a priority on arresting those immigrants in the country illegally who pose a public safety threat, such as a prior felony conviction. Specifically, the guidelines also urged officers to weigh any mitigating factors, such as how long ago any crime occurred, whether the immigrant is of advanced or tender age, and what effect deporting the immigrant would have on his or her family members. Around the world, officials from Russia, Ukraine, and the United Nations planned to sign a deal to resume exports of Ukrainian grain via the Black Sea on Friday, Turkish and UN officials said, in an announcement that raised hopes of freeing food supplies trapped by the Russian invasion. UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez landed in Istanbul on Thursday evening, adding that the parties involved had come to an agreement but cautioned that last-minute problems could still arise before they sign off on the deal. Russia didn't immediately comment on the plans for a signing ceremony on Friday. The presidents of Turkey and Russia have sounded positive about the talks in recent days, as has a senior Ukrainian official. An agreement could potentially free up about 18 million tons of wheat, corn, and other supplies that war has prevented Ukraine from exporting, with the Russian invasion contributing to a rise in global food prices that U.S. officials had said sparked protests in 17 countries. Ukraine's foreign ministry confirmed that negotiations would resume in Turkey today and that a document could be signed following the talks. Back in the U.S., the U.S. dollar is stronger than it has been in decades and the effects of its rapid rise are reverberating across the globe. The Wall Street Journal dollar index rose 8.7% through June to reach its best first half since 2010. It is up another 1.4% this month through Thursday. The euro slid below parity with the dollar last week, hitting its weakest level since 2002. The dollar's run has been driven largely by rising U.S. interest rates. The Federal Reserve approved a three-quarters percentage point rate raise in June, the largest since 1994, and officials have signaled they are likely to raise rates by the same amount later this month.
and a man climbed onto a stage during a political rally and attempted to stab U.S. Representative Lee Zeldin, the Republican nominee for governor of New York, the latest act of violence against a political figure in the U.S. Mr. Zeldin was unharmed during the attack outside of Rochester, New York, said Katie Vincents, a spokeswoman for the candidate. Congressman Zeldin grabbed the attacker's wrist to stop him until several others assisted in taking the attacker down to the ground, she said. Among those who helped tackle the man were Mr. Zeldin's running mate and former New York Police Department officer, Allison Esposito. Now you know, and you're ready to go with the morning news. These headlines were brought to you today by Podmeo. Start your podcast easily at podmeo.com, the world's number one podcast hosting. Subscribe to this daily morning brief on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and themorningnews.com. Thank you for listening.